0: Before we get started with our Enneagram Type 3 guests, I just want to make you aware of an opportunity to support the podcast if that's something you're interested in. Kathy and I have been so encouraged by your kind words and your feedback as we have braved this new venture and continue to learn how to bring you the best experience. So if you're interested in supporting production costs, like the platforms that we publish on, as well as editing and things like that, uh, there is a link in the show notes for Anchor. And you can do that there. Other ways to support us, as always, is by subscribing to the podcast, sharing it with your friends and family that might also be interested in learning about uh, what we're sharing. So, as always, thank you so much for your support, and um, we're so excited to continue this journey with you. Hello, and welcome to the Nefeshesh Shesh podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Kathy. Nefesh,
1: which is the title of our show, is an extension of a few of our favorite things that we like to do together as friends. We like to study the Bible together and learn as much as we can about how to become healthier humans so that we can better love the other humans in
0: our lives. We invite you to join us as we learn and practice. The music in the background is from our friend Ben Strawn. Ben is an incredibly talented singer-songwriter out of Chattanooga. You can listen to Ben's music on your favorite streaming platform. And go give him a follow on Instagram or Facebook at Ben Strawn Music. Welcome back to our series on Enneagram Types and Friendship. We're excited to talk with Donna and Courtney today about relating as an Enneagram Type 3. Enneagram Type 3s are called the Achiever. Their orientation to time is the future. Their passion is deceit, which Kathy will tell us a little bit more about in a minute. Their wings, of course, are two and four. Uh, their need is to be valuable. In security, they move towards a type six energy, which enables them to collaborate both personally and professionally because they're more aware of others when they move to six. And in stress, they're moving more towards a nine energy, and that allows them to rest and take a break from competing and achieving uh, so that they can get back to to feeling healthy and feeling feeling better and their lost childhood message is, you are loved for yourself.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about deceit. So deceit here for the threes does not mean that they are deceitful to others or that they lie to other people. The person who is actually deceived is the top three to him or herself. Um, Deceit for the threes means that they lose themselves in what others want them to be or what the world deems as successful because they're always trying to present a certain image. They're very charismatic and they really want to look good. Uh, They can sometimes lose themselves in their accomplishments or social status and They make very energetic, hardworking, goal-oriented leaders who will most likely turn anything into gold. They will work to manage everything at work and at home, and they're often looking for ways um, to make things better in in both the workplace, in their community, um, and even at home. A high percentage of threes are workaholics. Um, The type three can read a whole room of people pretty accurately and and can be very suspicious of others. And the reason that the threes can be suspicious of you is because they think that you are giving them just what they want because they're doing the same. They will Camille into whoever you need them to be. And so they're suspicious that you're doing that too. And they're, they're not really getting you authentically, but yet they're not really presenting themselves authentically sometimes either. A three can appear to handle any feelings. So if you think you're reading a three, you're probably not reading their thoughts or feelings correctly. They take in feelings, but don't necessarily process them until much later or even when sometimes it's too late. They are in the feeling triad, but they um, don't take in their feelings like the twos and the fours do. Intimate relationships can sometimes be difficult for threes because they have a storybook idea of what the relationship will look like and what it can be, and it never is. It most often takes a big failure or a life-changing event for a three to really put in the hard work of transforming from the inside out. But once this happens, the three will truly be living his or her best authentic life. Healthy top threes will be your biggest fans and encouragers who can help you achieve your goals because they can always see potential where you may not. So again, as always, we love the Enneagram because it brings so much compassion to our relationships. It helps us to understand each other. And and we can see how other types view and understand, unlike us. So we have uh, Courtney and Donna with us. So if you'll just tell us um, a little bit about yourselves.
2: Okay. My name is Courtney. Let's see, so I live with my husband and two boys, age 10 and 12, and um, we have two dogs, and that's our little household. Um, I am currently a stay-at-home mom. It's been my job for the past year and a half. Uh, I left an executive position um, to be at home for a little bit and try to figure myself out and what I'm going to do with the next half of
3: my life. (laughs) I'm Donna, and um, I've been married over 40 years to the same person uh, who's now a retired uh, state employee, have two grown sons, three grandchildren, and three granddoggies. I work, I've done a lot of things in my career. Um, I am on the second half of this journey, I feel like, because I did make that switch, which we'll talk about later, but... Um, I'm in the public school system. So, you know, uh, this is my 16th year and the most unique year we've ever had. I'm a coach and the RTI coordinator. So as a coach, um, this year has really been profound because the emotional support that I uh, am asked to take on and share with others and be there for them. I just feel like that's where I need to be right now. And um I think I really feel optimistic that we're all gonna get through it together and I feel like we have a lot, of, you know, I can they can gripe to me, but in the end we support each other and so uh I really feel like, you know, we're gonna make it through this COVID year pretty well, one day at a time.
0: Yes, Donna was one of the reasons that I made it through my first year of teaching <laughs> because Thank she you. is so good at at offering emotional support and professional support to everybody that she works with. Thank
1: you. Yeah, so that being able to see potential, any kind of potential in everyone, that plays out. So Donna is an academic coach, and she um, she really kind of leads the district in that because she has more experience than, than the others. But she works with uh, the teachers in our district and coaches them.
0: All right. Can you each tell us a little bit about how you settled on the Enneagram and how you uh, decided that you were type three? Okay.
2: Well, I guess about two years ago, I was visiting a dear friend and we kind of had this impromptu Bible study with a bunch of women and the ladies got to talking about the Enneagram and um, my friend Jennifer started guessing what I was and she was like, oh, you're you're definitely this, you're a three, or maybe you're an eight, maybe you're a three, back and forth. And so I got curious and everybody was talking about their types and um, I, I thought, well, I've got to figure this out. So I immediately went and found the test when I got back and took it and um, kind of put it aside for a while. And I just recently said that I um, took off, stopped working. I had a life event happen that uh, kind of changed my life for me and gave me some more time um, to be at home and figure things out. And so I dove back into the Enneagram trying to make sense of myself and understand myself a little bit better. And um, really, I think the the weaknesses of my the type three is really what pulled me in as to things to look at and figure out um, you know more about me and and growing to what what my potential is.
0: And which wing do you tend towards the two or the four? The two, yes. What about you, Donna? How did you find the Enneagram? Well,
3: um, I am a coach, and so one of our um, District professional developments was uh, the re presentation of the Enneagram by Kathy. And uh, so we all took the test, and you know, we've been, you know, what are you, what are you, what are you? And so I thought I was a one. And then I started looking at it again, and I retook the test a couple of times, and three, I kept landing on a three. And so a three chose me. I didn't choose a three. You know, I, I didn't really want to be a three, but I am a three. You know, and I find that almost every day I'm a three. So I'm a three. Uh, so it's okay. Yes. <laughs> I felt the
2: same way. I didn't want to be a three. I, wanted I did not want it. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, okay. So eight, you know, nobody wants to be an eight, but the eights don't mind that they're eights. Okay. They don't like the way they're perceived, but it's okay that they're an eight. Threes really don't want to be a three. And it's really kind of right behind the eights, it's it's the number that is probably the least sought after. Um, <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. So um threes get a bad rap, I think. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> But that's interesting that you've both said for this second half of my life, I have um, decided to do something different or I did something different or, you know, I was looking for a change that is very, very common for threes because a lot of times they will spend the first half of their life almost being who they think they should be. And then they have a wake up call and they're like, up. Oh, okay, that really wasn't what I wanted to do, so I'm going to pursue or, you know, seek out something else, so that, I really want to
3: talk more about that. Okay. Donna, what'd you
1: say your wing? What do you think your
3: wing? Uh, I think my wing is too, Um I'm almost, you know, I'm really to the point of, um, you know, I'm very self-sacrificing and I I will do anything for other people before I'll do it for myself. That includes, you know, raising children and and finding the best. You know, I went through the journey of being a stay-at-home mom and seeking opportunities for my kids. We lived in a small town, so there wasn't many options. We didn't even have soccer. So, you know, from the get go, I sought out opportunities for them and I thought, you know, that was my mission is, is to do that. And then there were other people in need and I got involved in organizations like scouts and things like that. And there were all those families. So, uh, and then just throughout my life, anybody, all of my family and, and my friends, I seek out what they need first and not myself which, you know, and so I'm just now thinking, well, wait a minute, maybe it's time for me to start thinking about me. And what am I? And who am I? And I don't even know. So this opportunity has given me the a motivation to start that journey. And uh, so I'm excited about that, because I really feel like I am finished with that other part, and that I can, uh, you know, start this other part. However, I'll still have all those characteristics. I will still go out of my way to help every single person I can before I think of myself. I'll do every kind of work project. I'll do every kind of um, task, clean up the house, whatever, it, it, to avoid doing what I need to do for myself, except there's only one thing I do for myself on a pretty regular basis, and that's yoga. And I try to start each day with that because, um, you know, just for some kind of Grounding, and uh, I've gotten to the point where I've done it so often that I miss it when I don't do it. In fact, I did it before I came on the show tonight because I was nervous. Oh. <laughs> I thought I needed a few deep breaths here before we get started. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, Courtney, do you find that you do everything for everybody else before you do for yourself, also? I can get
2: wrapped up in that, but it's typically intermingled if I'm being honest with goals that, you know, like it it has a bigger purpose. It's um, not just, I'm trying to think of a good example, but yes, I will get wrapped up in it, but it's typically part of maybe a bigger goal or um, an efficiency that I'm working towards that it's a part of that piece.
1: Yeah, that efficiency is really big for, for type threes too. They, they want everything to be efficient. They don't want to move backwards. Yeah. Do you find that true,
3: Donna? Absolutely. Organized and move forward. always, that's what I'm always, that's kind of my mantra is move forward. Okay, this happened. Okay, let's move forward. What can we do now? And look to what's next. And I guess I, I didn't know I was in the, future I thought I was like in the present but you say that we tend to be toward the future mm-hmm. so I guess that is that's what's next how can we move forward that, that attitude and yeah that's definitely it. yeah I, I think I
2: I think I have an example and I'm talking about how the efficiency and those things it just came to me so there was somebody who had uh, lost a family member this week and my efficiency was to add in a task, to pick up a meal, to run out and take care of them. But it it was in my efficient way of knocking out my errands that I incorporated that. Does that make sense? So there's, yes, I'm doing for others, but it's it's fitting with my efficient schedule and my yeah. ultimate
1: goal in the day. Yeah, but that's just smart, Courtney. <laughs> I,
2: I mean, <laughs> there's
1: no point in getting out <laughs> twice. <laughs>
3: It's true. It was on my
2: terms. It was, it was. Oh, there terms. you go. <laughs> hey, that terms. that is exactly
1: me. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you're like that or not, Donna, but yeah, it'll force somebody else, but on my
3: terms. Yeah, but what can I do while I'm out so I don't have to go back out? Uh-huh, right. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> See, I want to hear more about that because as a nine, I really value efficiency. Like, that's probably one of my top values but it's because I just don't have very much energy so it's like if I leave the house without something I'm not going back because it takes Mm -hmm. so much energy so but it sounds like so one of the things we know about the Enneagram is like we can act similarly to each other but that can come from different motivations so what I'm hearing from you is that that motivation is is different and I don't totally understand that yet like can y'all speak a little bit more to that Like, why do do you value efficiency? Because I think
2: ultimately for a day in the life of a type three, um, we have goals and we have to typically, I I think in, now I'm not as researched in the Enneagram as you guys might be, but in my recent studying and learning about it, I feel like um, achieving our goals and. having a to-do list and having the control, um, each day is what motivates us. So that efficiency of our time so that we can get more done, which ultimately reaches a bigger goal, um, it all plays into each other each day.
0: So it's all about trying to maximize time in order to get the most out of the day. Is that right? Right. Right. That would
2: be the motivation.
3: Exactly. Yeah. hmm yeah, I live by a to-do list, have all my life. Uh, I still use a Franklin planner, follow the seven habits of highly effective uh-huh. people, you know, Stephen Covey. And and my one of my greatest joys is that, is that at the end of the day, being able to check the list off, that I got all this done. And if I didn't, you know, I do conscious, I move it over to the next day, write it down and try to accomplish it the next day. So yeah, that's my life. that has been my life for a long time. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, time, time, it seems to, you know, make the most in, of every minute of every day and there never seems to be enough. And so that's my excuse for not figuring out who I am because I'm mm-hmm. spending time doing other things. So. Yeah, or searching to fill that
2: schedule you know there was a time in my life where that schedule if it checked all the boxes and it had enough in it and then there was enough touch points with people then I felt like I was successful okay this is my planner I've done all this I've touched all this I've been involved in these social things I I I can pat myself on the back I have been successful this week (laughs) that
0: sounds exhausting yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it is and I don't know about yeah. you guys but like I feel a lot of pressure and it's not pressure from anybody else right it's from myself yes Do you guys feel that yes. way yep mm-hmm. so where ones have an internal critic I think it's almost like threes have an internal pressurized system you know we're just i, I f- I put a lot of pressure on myself to get that to-do list done. And it and it doesn't matter how tired I am or how bad I feel. Or, I mean, I will push, push, push through it until I can
3: accomplish what I need to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And then for the moment, you feel good. And so that, that feels good to have that done. And, you know, then, you know, you can sleep at night, basically. But, uh, yeah, there's always... And so I know that there's things to do the next day, but just the accomplishment of the day helps me not be crazy, I guess, you know, so, uh, that's true.
2: I think sometimes we miss living life though, chasing
3: after all those things, like living in the moment is difficult for me. Right. The mindfulness aspect of it, trying to be mindful of what's going on around you in the present moment. That's really hard for me too. I can even say, okay, I'm going to be mindful right now. <laughs> right. Because then, we're, we're looking <laughs> ahead.
2: We're what's next. What's next. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. So that's kind of where I want to, I feel like that's a matter again, time slowing down at some point, but you know, life, uh, life, uh, cause us to do so many things it seems like but like you said Kathy we're putting the pressure I'm putting the pressure on myself by thinking I've got to accomplish all these things you know uh, every day and um, and I do and I've got this thing about uh, continuous learning uh, achieving goals and um, you know I thought that I was finished doing school and then I found myself taking 12 hours this summer so it was that was a little crazy, but I did it, and I do have that goal, and that's a three thing too, right? Accomplishing your goals and 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 saying that you did it, you know. So, um, um, and I'm happy I did, but I am exhausted to tell you the truth.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the thing about threes. <clears throat> So you accomplish those goals, but you never linger there long. No, I know. You're always looking for what you're going to do next.
2: Yeah.
1: And it is exhausting. And And I don't think that threes take the time to really relish in, you know, what they've done and all the work they've put in. And so that doesn't make it like... I almost feel like for me as a three, it's like, I'm never, I never take the time to be proud of what I have accomplished. It's always like, Oh, okay. Well, I've got to move to the next thing. What's next. What's next. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Yeah,
3: that's right. That's exactly
2: right. I think that's how we miss. Sometimes we can miss life. I mean that in a, in a nutshell, that's exactly how life can get past us.
1: Yeah. I I see that I can sometimes reflect on uh, like I was so busy with my career when my kids were little and I haven't decided (laughs) if I was trying to avoid the stress at home with all these little kids at home. So let me go add another degree or (laughs) what was I running from? But yeah, Um, so, yeah, that makes it hard. So let's talk about relationships. So. What do you value most in relationships?
2: For me, my relationships that I value most are the ones that um, pull me out of my rat race, so to speak. So some of my dear friends would be more spontaneous where I'm more planned and organized. Those friendships, um, I, I enjoy those because they take me out of my comfort zone. Um, I guess that would be more sometimes more of a, the pleasure friends because I'm not so good maybe at focusing on those things for myself
3: I appreciate those types of friends too uh, the ones that I can have fun with and you know just do spontaneous things and all although I'm as much of the person to initiate a spontaneous thing as as any of my friends are um but uh um yeah it's uh i I appreciate loyalty and friendship as well it's so hard to find a truly loyal friend um so i don't have a, a large circle and one reason is because i guess i don't this is a flaw of a three i think is is take the time to uh chit chat stuff like that um and I've read that that can be perceived as uh, not caring, which is not true. It's just uh, I do I care a lot about people, but when I'm say at work and um, they want to start chit chatting I don't have I don't feel like I have time to. It. I feel like I've got to go do my job. And so, your to-do list. <laughs> your to-do list is waiting. <laughs> I got a colorful to-do list. That's right. <laughs> so you know, I, sometimes I I probably come off as a, a different type of person than what I really feel like I am, and I don't know if that's a characteristic of a three or, or not. But what this studying that I'm doing, and I I've just barely touched the surface of it. I feel like is is showing me, you know, that aspect of my personality.
2: I think part of my friendships currently at this stage in my life at this season in my life have a lot to do with the fact that we move a lot. So those, those friendships that you would nurture in one place, I don't always get the opportunity and moving to different places to keep up with friends everywhere. That's, that's tough as well. So I find myself the pleasure friends are kind of in the here and now where we're at. Um, and And I typically can nurture one good, good friend out of that group that I will then put the effort in. Um, but like you said, putting the effort in to maintain a friendship has to be done because it doesn't come as naturally for me. It has to be planned. and i've I've gotten much better at that in my here recently, in the past five years of my life, nurturing the friendships that are meaningful and long term. Um, because it is hard, it it takes time, and we're not always good at doing that for ourselves, (laughs) so, um, you know, the the pleasure friends are an easy, you know, friend to turn to with my situation, I find.
3: Yeah, I love to laugh, so, you know, that's what I'm seeking, is friends that can just kind of get get me outside the, the, have to go all the time mode into some kind of, yeah, fun, just relax, laugh type of fun kind of thing. So yeah, Uh, perfect good friends is uh, is what they're called. And they are built over time. My best friend has been my friend for over 50 years. And uh, we uh, grew up together, graduated together, kept in touch. And she's been all over the world. So have I. And we've managed to be in touch through Sickness and in health through all aspects of our life, and yeah, it's a lot of work, but uh, you know, we're both willing to do that at this point, so that's the reason why it has uh, flowered and grown and remains really strong. And it's good because she can keep me grounded when I get so off that I don't even see who I am, she will pull me back and tell me. You don't, you, you realize that you look like this, you know, show me a picture of myself or love this, you know, <laughs> keep me grounded. So, you know, yeah, those are true perfect friends, aren't they? Mm-hmm.
1: They are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And of course, threes, <clears throat> threes don't like to, well, it's interesting. So threes can be more vulnerable with a group of people than they can be one-on-one. Do you find that's true to be more vulnerable with like a group? Like, so if you have a group of like close friends, um, and you're talking in a group of close friends, do you find that you can share and be a little bit more vulnerable in a group versus like, if you're with one of those, if you pull one of those folks out and.
2: I think the vulnerability becomes probably when there's all, when they're all together because the three is so good at mutating, so to speak. To if I'm one on one with somebody, I can probably relate and I can get into what they're talking about. But if I have a lot of them around me and they're all hitting me with the different things that I've kind of masked myself or um, related to with them, and I'm in a group and they're and they're asking me about you know, what we talked about, we talked about, um, that would be uncomfortable for me. Like I have different groups of friends. Um, I have work friends, I have neighborhood friends, all these different groups. If they were together, I might be a little bit uncomfortable because they all know different Courtney's. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, yes. Um, so in a group setting that would make me feel very vulnerable because I, am I don't know which, I don't know which me and which, we're all very different, different groups.
0: Suzanne Stabile, who is somebody that we've learned a lot about Enneagram from, tells a story about a three, going to a funeral of a three, and different, you know, people getting up and doing eulogies, and and they're all, like, telling, and and she felt like they were all talking about someone different, um, like a totally different person, and... Someone that she didn't know, and um, mm-hmm. for what you yeah. were just saying, Courtney, because you're having to learn to adapt to those different groups. Well, and I, I don't. I think it's just that's the
2: natural tendencies for us. And now that I'm more aware of it and really looking at it, I do. I like I. I can morph, and I'm comfortable like that. But if I pulled all these different people from different places in my life together, it would be really weird because that what was shared there is totally different from each other so it it would look like that I guess that's where that deceit idea comes in isn't it Kathy because I guess I'm trying to be honest with myself and these different friendships but I kind of you know each one is totally different and it might be more based on that other person rather than who I really am
0: hmm. and I, I don't I can't speak for you all but and I don't think that comes from a, a place of, you know, intentionally like presenting yourself differently. It's just kind of like you're trying to meet the no. needs of whoever you're with and do what needs to be done. And so yes. I think that could probably mm-hmm. feel tricky sometimes. I, mm-hmm.
2: It's that people pleaser, that desire to please exactly. and to charm. And you just yes. turn it on and you can go there and you don't think about it. Yes. You know, you you just want, you want the people... T- I I struggle when somebody's upset with me or is angry about something, because my goal is to make them, you know,
3: happy and and pleased. Exactly, I feel exactly mm-hmm. the same
1: way uh, about that. Yeah, I think Donna said it perfectly earlier. Um, she's really more worried about everybody else than she is herself, and I think threes can come off as being kind of more worried about themselves. But I really think all of that shape-shifting is really to meet the needs and the expectations of these other people, at, at least for mm-hmm.
3: me. It could be. It's exhausting. <laughs> you know, it really is. But we, I, I do it anyway, you know, uh, even though I know it's uh, there's other ways to look at things. I still do it. I just, because I'm a three, I, that's all there is to it. I just, I'm geared that way. My mind thinks that way. And uh, yeah, this, the people pleaser, The I don't want anybody to be mad at me. And it just, it make if there's something that keeps me up at night, it's because somebody misunderstood something I said, or we didn't, you know, I, I left them and it's something's unresolved. I mean, there's nothing that bothers me more than a relationship that I think has a misunderstanding in it. And, yes. That, that will fester yeah. that, that can
2: fester for a long time with me until I can make it right until I can fix it.
3: So that's what I'm, that's my search is, uh, is those perfect relationships, I suppose, or at least the ones that are, loyal and true just like you know like we were talking about earlier that that, that there's a true understanding which might not exactly you know you're right that, that Amy what you said about uh, being in uh, like at a funeral of a three that and that there's all these different perspectives of them um, that's probably true because I, I feel like I'm a different person when I'm around my family or my friends, or my work relationships, or, you know, any kind of different group, Um, it's all me, but they all just see different parts of me, you know, and so they'd all have to get together to see the real, uh, who I am, totally, (laughs) and then then they can tell me who I am, because I'm still trying to figure (laughs) that out, right, yeah.
1: I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I do that. I don't even realize it, but it's almost like I will reveal what I feel like the other person can handle or the other people can handle. Yes. Okay. Well, they're not going to know that because they're not going to be able to handle it. Okay. So, but I can tell these people this. Yeah.
2: Yes. So it is like a juggling act and I will find myself when I'm reconnecting with my, with my friends, with those, good friends that you know we might go weeks without catching up but we can pick back up I have to remember what was it you know did I share this with you oh maybe I should share this with you oh yep. you know? yeah uh, yeah
0: um <clears throat> so
3: yeah
0: so we already kind of you guys touched on it before we even asked but um about Utility friends versus pleasure friends versus versus perfect and good friends, and the only one you didn't mention was utility, and I have a conjecture about that, but this might not not be accurate. So I just want to throw it out into the atmosphere. Um, <laughs> so my conjecture is, um, maybe you don't need utility friends.
2: Yeah, I typically don't have many of those. I think it's, <laughs> I think a lot of those that those are. um, my control of my life and my daily to do's I handle most of that um I have a hard time asking for help so I would I struggle asking the mom next door go get my kid I feel like I'm I gotta figure it out so maybe that's why I I don't uh, utility friends just doesn't pop up for me because I'm I'm handling it
3: that is so true I I cannot ask anybody for anything i i have a really hard time with that they can ask me and i want them to ask me and i ask them to ask me but i don't i don't ask people for things that i hate to only if i absolutely have to and i don't have a choice that's i struggle with it a lot why is that i wonder I don't know. That's, um, I wish I
2: knew because I, this past year and a half, um, not working and recovering from many surgeries that kept me from going back to work. Um, I had to ask for help and I had to accept help from people like that. And that was the most uncomfortable place I have ever been pushed to. So, um, I think that just shows that our personality types are driven to be the helpers and not looking for help figuring it out on our own. And then if I get help like that,
3: then I have to, I have to give it back, right? Pay it back. Yeah. Yes. Write the cards and do other things. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. Right. I, I can't. It's yes. Too much.
1: Like. yeah I don't want that I agree. I That's not on it. your to do list, right? <laughs> no. I
0: know. I listen. Yeah. But yeah. but I don't think people like people that really love you. They don't expect. They that. don't. They, they don't. Really don't. They don't. And. And it, and it feels like love when you'll accept it. Yes. I know that's but when true. When you can you learn know. to. Yes, <laughs> I know. But I hear you that, that that's really difficult. you can difficult. learn
2: to accept it and understand that that person doing it might just be doing it out of the kindness of their heart. Um, And you, you have to accept it because they need that from you. That, that is a lesson I have recently learned. And it, it is a tough, tough thing. It's very yeah. hard. I think that's three
1: facets to that. Okay. First of all, it takes a lot of vulnerability to ask for help, right? Mm-hmm. The second part of it, we're threes. We're very independent. We're used to leading the way. We know the way that it needs to be done. That's the second part of it. It may not be done the way we want it to be. Right. And the third part of it is we're suspicious often. What do you because want from me? What do I have? To what do, do you want from me? Why do you yeah. want to help me? What do I, you know, what do you need from me? What am I going to have to do in return? I think it's a lot. It's just all of that, um, mm-hmm. that we kind of overcomplicate that whole simple
2: exchange of love. I think yes. at least I do. Yeah. I, you know. Oh no, I do I too. Do too. I, and if there's one thing I've learned, it, it is we have to do better at accepting others trying to help us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we don't, as number, as threes, at, we just, we don't, like you said, Donna, you don't um, do for yourself. You don't, you know, that's, yeah. you're the last person. Well, I think accepting help is, you know, in that category, we just, we're not good at focusing on what we might need. Others might see it, but we don't. That's right. We don't want to accept
3: it. (laughs) And those good friends will tell us.
2: (laughs) Yes, we have to. That's true. Those good friends will be honest, sometimes painfully honest. If it's all about performance and
1: that's been ingrained
2: in us since
1: childhood, because, you know, all this starts, you know, in our really early years. Mm -hmm. Asking for help is kind of like not a perfect performance.
2: Right. That's true. That's true.
1: So, if that's where we get our value is for what we can do for other people or how we can perform, then, yeah. Because a lot of times when you're needing help or you're having to ask for help, then you're in a weakened state, such as you with dealing with your surgeries or, you know, if you're sick or or any of those things. You're in a vulnerable state anyways. Mm
2: -hmm. And so... Yeah. It feels like a failure in that moment. You're not succeeding. You're not moving towards the goal or of achievement.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of pressure. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. I just have a lot of compassion for (laughs) y'all. I just think that to me, to my brain, that just sounds like talking about the, the inner pressure and, and just feeling that all the time needing to, do more and more and more. I think that's sometimes why we might you know, that
2: idea, what is it? We go to nine and stress. Um, and and wouldn't that be a place where we just throw our hands up and we're the peacemaker and we have no, you know, we just have to stop and it just can't do anymore, it can't push on anymore. We we give up.
1: <laughs> you gotta shut down and yeah. 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 Reset.
3: Mm -hmm. and normally when I was younger it used to manifest itself in the form of me getting sick you know my dad used to my dad you know his childhood message he was a strong influence in my life and uh, I lived I was the oldest the only daughter and uh, I lived for him to tell me he was proud of me and uh, my mother died when I was um, six and a half and again, I was the I was the only girl in the and the uh, oldest, and so I guess I have always felt this immediate. I mean, this need to take care of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So that might have something to do it. But the messages of um, um, trying to be successful, to do it on your own, that you can do it. That that positive message. It's a positive message to be able to do it but I have internalized it to mean I have to do it. You know, I have mm-hmm. to do the best I can with everything I do. And uh, so, yeah, um, that's how I've come out. So now on the other side of it, on this side of it, now I'm beginning to step back a little bit and say, uh, you know, and not have to organize everything and say, my, my friend got me a mug that said, stop me before I volunteer again because I was I volunteer for everything and I had to do everything and so finally the kids are grown (laughs) and um and I finally taken that message a little bit to heart and I I I can't say no but I just defer it I will if you need me to but if you have somebody else in mind just feel free to go ahead and ask them it's kind of how I do that now You have your script down. <laughs> but you know, I had never said no to UK. <laughs> you. Know? Thus, I am here. <laughs> you and Amy.
1: Well, you know, here's what's interesting. Okay. So knowing you both and knowing threes. So you both, you you talked about your situation, Donna, and you know, you're using, you, you're transitioning now, like we can take any threes can take any situation and kind of reframe it positively as this is what I've learned from this previous situation. And I'm going to take this now and catapult this into something better. And, and so I think like Courtney, you were saying too, well, this is what happened. Now I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with the, the second part of my life, you know, um, that is such a gift for threes, I think, to be able to take a situation and just reframe it positively and, and not in a unrealistic kind of way because sevens can kind of reframe things in an unrealistic kind of way. But threes will actually take that and move forward and do something really great with it. And that's that's a beautiful thing to be able to overcome and
2: Well, I think it's it's a constant learning too, you know, that we're, we're in a healthier place if we're accepting our mistakes and seeing, you know, identifying that, okay, I wasn't happy in that or something's got to change. I can do something better or different. Um, I'd say that we're healthy if that's how we're embracing our life moving forward. You know, we've, we're not in an unhealthy three place. We're in a healthier place.
1: Right. But threes have to be careful to not put things aside or say, I'm going to do that later to keep running to the next task. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's true. Because it's going to come up. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. It's yes. never going to fully go away. Yeah. It has to be dealt with. Right.
1: Yeah, it does. And so I think sometimes threes have a hard time sitting in pain or hurt or disappointment because they will reframe really quickly. Oh, yeah. And sometimes too quickly. And, um, because we want to be doing, we want to be going, we're future oriented. And so that sitting can be uncomfortable, but we kind of almost have to force ourselves to do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you talked about friends. So tell me what your other friends, even though we're not supposed to type (laughs) our friends or type other people, what types are your other friends? Eight. Oh, me too. Me too. My husband's an eight. Yeah. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You think that's the high energy thing? Uh Like, you can kind of match energy. Eights are, eights are the highest, and threes are probably a close second. Yeah. One energy
1: ones may be second. Yeah. Ones and threes are pretty high energy.
2: And I think the honesty, to appreciate the honesty from the eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think it calls us to our real self that we might be running from or hiding from. Yes. Yeah. So.
3: I see the power and the strength of an eight. uh, And it kind of helps me um, have, I kind of feel like I can lean on an eight you know, uh, that maybe they all take the lead and Mm -hmm. go do it, you know,
2: they can give you rest. Yeah. Yeah.
3: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. So you guys took a spiritual gifts survey. What were your top spiritual gifts and what do you, how do you think that plays into your type?
2: My top spiritual gifts were faith, um, exhortation, and wisdom. I think faith for sure is that positive potential, that outlook, that um, trusting, that inherent ability to trust, that there's a purpose, that there's um, something ahead, you know, that futuristic outlook that we have. Um, I think faith for me fits hand in hand with that. and then, of course, that that goes well with the being able to encourage others. Um, the wisdom kind of made me laugh because I thought I don't feel that wise, but I guess I guess maybe I've hit a point in my life that I I do you know there is some wisdom there that um, I can you know I, I've reached that point in my life where I am getting a little bit wiser. Um, that that made me chuckle actually when I
3: saw that
1: oh i think you're very wise i think you're very intuitive so i don't think you need to discredit that for yourself <laughs> at all
3: well thanks um uh, my number one gift was wisdom which totally surprised me um uh, but then i read the little uh, explanation of it the gift of translating life experience into spiritual truth and, and seeing the application of scriptural truth to daily living i do find myself you know even like when i'm in the car and it's a sunrise appreciating the the gift that god has given us with that beautiful sunrise and that we're i'm healthy and grateful for another day and so that's my daily living and uh so uh and that's also a spiritual truth so that's one incident of one moment in my day it's not the whole day by any means beyond that i i you know i see myself sometimes saying well you know um uh that happened you know it happened for a reason i can see the reason and you know i can see the other side of it because i'm that future oriented so i can i don't call myself wise but apparently that that is one of my gifts
0: i don't think you're wow. giving yourself enough credit Donna. <laughs> i think you're very wise and 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 I know that I've had a lot of experiences with you that you've spoken a lot of wisdom into my life. And Kathy is the same way. And I think that y'all have a special gift for, like you said, tying experiences to like making connections. And that's something that the rest of us, I don't think do very well, is kind of like making connections between what's going on in our lives and and what God's doing and seeing that for us um, and having that kind of perspective to be able to see I don't know I don't really know how to explain that uh, but that's something that I know the two from the two of you and Courtney if I got to know you better I'm sure it would be (laughs) the same way but um that yeah, I think you are very wise. I just think <laughs> it's you need to give yourself more credit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and my
3: second, uh, yeah, my second gift is servitude, which, you know, uh, servanthood, which, you know, is uh, the gift of serving the spiritual and material needs of other people, which is, yeah, it's what I do. It's what I I enjoy doing. And I'm, uh, more than that, I'm driven to do it. So um, th- those two spoke to me pretty well it was pretty eye-opening to take that survey thank you for suggesting it
1: yeah and knowing both of you um I think you're you're both have a servant's heart both of you do and I think that's what drives everything that you do is is what you're doing for other people, and I know both outside your families and in your community. I mean, you're both you've both been in um, jobs where you are serving others, and um, you know, public education. Yeah, I know that you're getting a paycheck, but you're still you're still serving. And um, and Courtney, I know all the work, all the social work that you've done to um, working with the homeless people. And I mean, I guess I've never taken a step back and really realized until tonight, uh, that r- the threes, that's really a purpose for them is, is to serve other people. And I didn't realize it until I talked to you too.
2: I don't think we see for me. I don't know that I always see it. Maybe that more it's just innate in what I do. Uh, But I guess maybe that goes back to not giving ourselves the credit that, you know, we are driven to do for others in a way, you know, and, and miss that. Just giving ourselves credit when we need it. Yeah. Ready to move on.
3: Yeah, because we're right. We don't give our times to reflect on what we just did, how that feels before we're ready to tackle something else. So, yeah, that's we don't take time to really understand why we're doing what we're doing and we just we're just driven to do it so maybe that's like the next part right <laughs> to to think reflect on it
2: i think that um in my time of not working the first time ever because i worked when my babies were babies but i, I think i've realized in this time Off and resting and being forced to sit still and figure myself out, that serving piece was more fulfilling than the drive to succeed. The drive, you know, the natural drive of my personality type to hit the mark and be successful and achieve this. The actual act of serving. And when I look back on my jobs, the hands on piece probably was the most fulfilling. And if this next second part of my life, I'll focus on that and have to quiet the voice that says, mm-hmm. get ahead, go do this, get, you know, yeah. go after this. Um, and really just understand myself better. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, um, you know, I'm a little older than you are and I can tell you, it never goes away. It's, it's always <laughs> there to, to keep on. What's the next thing? What's the, ne- what's the next uh-huh. thing I want to do? I don't know. Cause I'm still, I still feel that uh, way.
1: Yeah. And so Courtney, you're talking about that inner drive. So it's so, so strong and it's so much louder, at least for me than the serving voice. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh, you need to do this. You should do this. Oh, you want that. That's much louder than the humble voice of, this is why you're doing what you're doing is to serve other people. Mm -hmm. I can get, and and the older i've gotten the better i've gotten at um distinguishing the two and really going back to okay this is this is the way that i need to feel or this is the way that i need to think i don't need to be doing this for
0: this reason
1: but it's still there
0: but uh, i think it i think another side of that coin though is that that y'all almost lead by example in inspiring the rest of us to do and not just like, does that make sense? Like you are serving the rest of us in some way by doing. Does that make sense? So like you're pushing the rest of us. It's like (laughs) the image in my head is like, you're running on this track and you're like grabbing (laughs) the rest of us with you. And pulling us and saying, you can do this too. And so I think that's, to me, one of the gifts of threes is like helping the rest of us see our potential and do something about it and achieve our goals. And so I don't think that we could operate (laughs) as a society without you very well, because none of us would do anything. (laughs) I guess we tend to be
2: leaders, whether we choose to or not, we end up in that role of leadership. And, um, I think that's the struggle. Sometimes I want to fall back and just be the worker bee. Um, and, and yet something else comes along and then you go after it and you go after it, (laughs) you find yourself maybe leading worker bees, but you just really want to sometimes step back and just be a worker bee. (laughs) Yes. It's very conflicting. It's super conflicting. You want to fall back in the pack. But then all of a sudden, nope, nope, nope. You're going to run ahead. (laughs) So that's our, that's our challenge threes. That's our challenge. I have to go back to, I have
1: to think a lot about what's mine to do. Where's my lane. And that helps me put things into perspective. Is this really mine to do? Is this really God's will uh, which is so hard, so, so hard for me because I have so many competing things that I could do and I want to do. And, and, but I can't. And, and I, and I used to try to do all those things, but the older I get, I just don't have the energy anymore. I'm tired. Like Donna said, I'm tired. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to reframe it though, Kathy. That's a good way to stop and, and think about what am I, What's really my priority? What do I need to work on and let go? Um,
1: And Donna gave an excellent suggestion earlier about just kind of appreciating the present moment. Like she was talking about the sunrise. And I think that's so helpful for threes um, just to be. And um, I, I love listening to Emily P Freeman. I don't know if you listen to her podcast or have read any of her books, but she's an Enneagram type four. And so I don't know, fours, I don't know, I can really relax around fours and I don't know many of them, I need more Mm -hmm. fours. But um, she talks about uh, taking, like wherever you are, take in what you're hearing, what you're seeing, what you're feeling, what you're tasting and what you're smelling, use all five senses just to be. And for me, that will kind of calm my mind if I'll just go through those five things and help me take a step back and put things into perspective because my mind is always racing. My mind is way ahead of where I am sometimes in my body I have found. And, uh, that, that makes me
3: tired. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I did a yoga practice, uh, where we sat on the mat and after, you know, we had the calmness then she asked us to eat a raisin and just chew it and feel it and taste it and and just concentrate on chewing that one raisin. And that was a struggle to do. But that kind of illustrates where I need to be a little bit more of the time is, you know, uh, really into that uh, self-awareness, I guess you could say um yeah amy i appreciate your perspective uh from a from a different type because uh i the truths that you're what you're speaking is not uh something i hear very often so i appreciate uh your insight into type threes from a different perspective
0: well and i want to (laughs) apologize i could get teary about this but for the rest of us, like, I think we expect so much out of y'all, you know? So. <laughs> and it's not fair. Um, And so I think you guys are really great. And I think you give yourself a hard time. And I think y'all are the only, maybe one of the only types that we've gone through so far that I hear you saying, oh, we should be doing this better and just. <laughs> Like, I just want to say that y'all are really great and you can give yourself a break. <laughs> you know.
1: Hey, that's why I love Amy so much because she's a nine and that's where I need to be <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> so she's great about being like, no, you don't need to do that. Or No, you've got enough. Or, no, I don't think they expect that. She's my no person. <laughs> Everybody needs a no person. P.S. Top threes, Ooh. you
0: need a no person. <laughs> I didn't think I would cry in the threes <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. Uh, oh, I thought you
1: were mad at us there for a minute. You were like, "What?" You were acting like you were really agitated because they were like beating themselves up and. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, this is the last question we always ask, and I think you've already done this tonight, but, uh, how have you been brave or courageous lately?
3: Well, I'll just tell you I'll, um, I've been brave by doing this podcast because i I don't like to talk about myself, basically. so uh, but I said yes, and and that's another thing is that once I say yes, I'm not gonna say no. I'm not gonna let you down. So that's why I went through with it. And then, uh, but on the, uh, by doing so, I've discovered so much that I'm excited about the next thing I'm going to do, which is, you know, just uh, explore more and, and try to find some more time for myself. Courageous, I think, you, I don't know how you feel about this, but to me, uh, I feel like that I have been courageous by just going to school every day. Because you know it's so uncertain, it's so uh, people are sick or exposed to COVID, and COVID is in our life. And there's so many different attitudes about it. You know, all those things, all those politics, all that stuff is in the air. But uh, so just walking into the building and staying there all day long, um, and and exposing myself to. COVID basically is, is what I think is a courageous thing to do. So, uh, I don't know, that might be totally selfish, but, uh, I, I'm not fearful of COVID, but I, I think I'm putting myself, I'm walking into a, a situation that, uh, could expose me to it. So. I think that's
2: very courageous that all of you are doing that every day. Well, I know you were very
1: hesitant about coming on the show uh-huh. and I asked you because I knew you would be great. <laughs> I, even, I really,
3: I, 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 I think you. you're a healthy
1: three <laughs> and you would be a great example for for our listeners. And um, I knew that they could learn a lot from you. And so I appreciate you, you providing that oh, role and you. that's very meaningful for me. I really appreciate you doing that. And so Courtney, she was, uh, uh, Donna was a journalism major and she was a journalist. Yeah. And so when I asked her to do it and she was like, kind of said, I know, I don't really, you know, I'm like, Donna, I was kind of not thinking about the part about her not wanting to share about herself. I was thinking it was more about, you know, speaking and, you know, and I thought, why would she be afraid of that? You know, she's, she's a professional. Yeah. So just about sharing about herself. So I appreciate you being vulnerable and doing that. Thank you for asking me.
3: I, I truly am thankful that you asked.
1: So, Courtney, what have you done that's been brave or courageous lately?
2: I had the opportunity. Somebody was put in my life, I feel like, um, definitely a, a God thing, um, who is in the throes of grief, just has gone through a horrific tragedy, and um A complete stranger to sit down at a table and eat with her and kind of open up and show my trauma and explain my path to forgiveness and how ugly and hard and how I had to reach out and get help and just everything I had been through. I sat at a table with a stranger and cried and just shared my really what I'm learning is my faith story. Um, And it seems like the more I open up and share that vulnerability. And um, the more it really is as it, it's a faith, it's a faith story that it is more powerful than I realize. And so I feel like um, that was my courageous thing that I recently did.
1: Yeah, that's wow. So you're taking that
2: experience and just 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 opening it up, yeah and and not um, you know, just, the experience, I probably should have said that at the beginning. So the reason I stopped working, the reason I took this quick hiatus was I was in a horrific car accident in which we lost a family member and it was really, really tough um, emotionally, but physically as well. And so the rehab from that is what kind of stopped my life, literally, you know, my career and everything. So being able to open up and talk about that and being able to have people put in my path that I feel is a God thing um, and being able to share that story and of faith with them is, is really new to me (laughs) and, and um, it's a vulnerability and a, it's just, it's new. It's a new, it's a new thing. So
0: that's awesome.
2: Thanks. Thanks. I hope, um, I have to trust God. We'll just continue putting the people that need to hear it or need to share. And, you know, and in exchange, there's a beautiful processing of grief and, and pain that happens. So It's raw. It's not anything that is in my comfort zone. Typically, I like to be on the outside of that, facilitating it. Being in the middle of it is totally Mm. different for me. So,
1: yeah, you're used to providing the intervention and kind of leading that and and controlling that. And, yeah, right. So, but you say that's interesting. So, you say that you're healing through sharing
2: yes and 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 it wasn't until i finally just let it all out that i really felt the power of it and the the faith the the intervention god's intervention in my life and how powerful it was i keep every time i tell my story i see it in a different light and it, it becomes this glowing you know just just this huge thing a a positive out of a tragedy that it's taken me time to see the beauty in it
3: thanks for sharing that that's really remarkable thanks for letting
1: me share and when I asked Courtney to be on the show (laughs) she did not hesitate for one second (laughs) (laughs) she was like yeah I'll do it (laughs) oh I didn't have to twist her arm a bit uh, so that was great
0: yeah yeah. no you didn't well thank you ladies so much um I learned a lot and (laughs) cried a lot and (laughs) um I just think y'all are spectacular all three of you and um Thank you for being vulnerable enough to Thanks for to having us on. So much. We've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. You've enjoyed it too, Courtney. It's
3: good to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: have. I have. I love I love to hear the similarities, you know, that it's so it is. It really is.
0: If you have a question about anything related to the Enneagram or other things that we've covered on the podcast, Feel free to record an audio message for us. Uh, You can click on the link in the show notes to do that, and we would love to answer that on another podcast. So we would love to hear from you, and go be brave-rageous today.